Welcome everybody to another full-fledged episode of Barely Living the Dream with me, Mel House, and joining me once again are Brittany Miles hey, and Chris Warren. What's up? And uh, Chris and I are just uh, sharing PTSD stories, pretty much, or we're about to. About You've got more than I do this time, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I guess Brittany's going to essentially, de- by default, be our therapist. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, our- I didn't get invited to the uh, California party. Right. So. <laughs> Maybe next time. Be glad. Be glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, on Chris's. Mine was fine. Yeah, yeah We've yeah, already been over sure. that. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that, have listened, to, that listened to the last episode, um, where I sort of compiled the audio diary that I had kept, um, you kind of heard how things went for me on my on the project I was working on. It started out pretty dark, maintained a certain level of darkness, but only within my own head, as things tend to do. But the production itself was okay. Um, through no fault of mine, it was actually yeah. everybody else's work, I think, that made it go really well. Um, but then right after that, Chris, or during that, you came out, and then towards the end, uh, I moved over to that production. Yeah. Which um, I expected you know i kind of experienced it with you for a little bit and you had told me stories yeah. before yeah of how things went but um you know i guess we'll talk a little bit more about about how things went <laughs> as much as you're willing to talk about it yeah um and Brittany has informed us that you don't have any stressful onset stories from the last few weeks is that correct not yet you're you're not trying hard enough i'm, I'm thinking it may come out it <laughs> yeah. may trigger yeah. something <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just bury you're repressed yeah as we talk and go delve deep into the rabbit hole it may just pop something out of right it. Yeah, yeah totally well you know we were talking i hate to i don't mean to trivialize this and say ptsd because i know it's a real thing that affects people that like are dodging bullets but yeah I do. I think I feel kind of like I have a sense of, you know, what what that headspace is like sometimes because I, I think this is the first trip where I really started to feel that. Yeah. You know, like when I because I I think it's because I had time to the time off to sort of think about it and mm-hmm. it was a, it was it, I mentioned on the last podcast that we that I where I compiled everything but there were these days where I felt like I was either like in the Langoliers or like like when they come back yep. to the future and like the the timeline hasn't caught up with them yet where it's like this weird rubber reality things aren't real like i feel like i should be doing something but i'm not and there's all this like leftover from frustration from the the previous film shoot or whatever and it's like your body wants to be like making call sheets or schedules or whatever but there's nothing to do because that's all over with exactly and it's it's like things are night because every day was beautiful it was super fucking hot because like that heat wave or whatever but it's Every day is beautiful, but it's like there's this underlying weird fakeness to it. I don't know. It's like the end of A Nightmare on Elm Street, too, yeah. where Nancy walks out of the house totally. and sees everybody in the car. Or like uh, another thing I thought about was like 1408, where it does that third act fake out. Yep. Where he wakes up and he's in the water and mm-hmm. then he goes in the post office and the walls fall down. That's kind of how I felt. And I was like, this really shouldn't be... I mean, I had a pretty good shoot, then went on to one that wasn't so good, but it wasn't that bad compared to other things yeah. I mean at least my experience for right. it you'll talk about yours in yeah, a minute yeah, yeah. but I felt like it was a pretty good trip overall like if I just sort of separated myself from it so I was like why do I feel like this you know when I when everything went relatively okay you know and it, that 
that was kind of a dark realization to come to because uh, it was you know it's kind of like is this is it always going to be like this you know I, or just at this at this level like is is there always going to be some some form of uneasiness tied into it and i think a lot of that has to do with what we talked about well you and i talked about privately and we've all kind of talked about this but like going out and doing this work and coming back with like no money in your pocket it basically just barely covers the bills or um maybe not even that yeah sometimes um just because of the nature of the level of films we're working on more so mine than yours this time yeah for sure yeah uh and and, you know no disrespect to definitely like the people from sequence break and i agreed to that knowing the situation and fortunately it was a good one but you do that over and over again and it's like i could have just as easily stayed here and worked a couple of part-time jobs and made the same amount of money right and not had to leave my kid you know or whatever or uh, worry about getting around out there or what, where I was going to stay. So all that stuff I really, really started thinking about this time. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what that means moving forward. It doesn't mean I'm going to quit necessarily. I mean, I guess I'll just be way more selective about the stuff that I do. Um, this definitely was a trip where, and I mentioned on the last podcast, but where I was for sure made the decision to <laughs> no longer do the ad thing yeah. even though i just had i mean i'll do it one more time for the rest of sequence break, right but um that was it yeah you know like i that i think this was the nail in the coffin for me unless it's like a really really good the only caveat is really good day rate and really well planned shoot right like if i'm brought on super early on in the process because i think the the largest amount of frustration come from that probably comes from cleaning up other people's messes yeah that shouldn't be there in the first place you know the easiest stuff in the world to solve i think that should be solved in pre-production way, yeah way before you you know get ready to start shooting yeah um so i think that's the my biggest takeaway from this trip aside from all the positive let me be clear there's a lot of positive stuff that came from it too and i think i've talked about it already and it, if i haven't we'll definitely cover it more when i finally get graham on here in a couple of weeks right um i, I don't want to get into all that without having him here to, to talk about it because i don't even think you and i were talking about this at lunch i don't think he knows about my whole 80 yeah, crisis yeah, 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 yet yeah, yeah, you know yeah because yeah. i made a point not to tell him or bring it up even though we had a lot of heart to hearts because I didn't want to freak him out about how his movie was going to go. Right. Because if that were me and you had said that to me, I would I wouldn't be able to sleep every night worried about whether or not you were going to crack. Exactly. Or whether or not you were paying attention to the job. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody knew actually because they're like, wow, you know, you really held this together as one of the most professional sets I've ever been on. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, if you only knew. Yeah, I mean, well, I like the set visit alone. I mean, everybody was just praising you. You know what I mean? Like, there was no... I mean, they were like, well, if you're a friend of mine, Give me specifics. I want names. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Lyle. Like, Lyle, of course, yeah. was like, if you're a friend of Mel's, you're a friend of ours. I mean, like, you know... Um, that says a lot, because I had just met those guys, like, yeah. two or three weeks before. Then, so I'm glad that I was able to, in a, in a very Ted Bundy way, conceal what was really going on in my head. Right. And then, um, what's her name? The Australian... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Claire. Claire. I mean, Claire was, like, really, you know, really talking highly of you. I mean, I only spoke to these people for, like, matters of seconds. Like, it wasn't even, like, it was like, oh, hey, like, Mel's just introducing me. And, like, Mel would run off, and they're like, 
by the way, he's awesome. I'm like, no, I know. I mean, obviously, but I also knew what was going on because, you know, Mel was talking to me like I'm I'm going crazy. You know what I mean? And just shit like that. <clears throat> and yeah, and if anybody hasn't listened to that stuff that I put up last week, those audio diaries, go listen to that now because that's the real shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that first day, the way I sound is how I felt. Yeah. You know, or that first recording that I did. Like, I would wake up. I couldn't sleep the first night because I would wake up and I would be dry heaving. I was so anxious about having to do this. Right. Because I hate it so much. I hate it. Oh, God. I hate it so much. Um, yeah. And then you can kind of hear how I'm able to live with it because of everybody else's work, I think. Yeah. You know, like, it took a lot of the brunt off of me because... You know, I had to, I guess, still sort of run things, but it became so much easier because so much pre-prep had been done, right. and everybody knew what they were getting going into. I mean, the worst thing we had to deal with was an actor that was continually late or whatever, but we st- it started to be like what we call Brady time. Yeah, yeah. When we had the drummer in the band that was always continuously late. Sorry, Brady. I still love you. Uh, but Well, I mean, you knew, but even we would just Graham, we'd, yeah. we'd work around it, yeah. you know? Even Graham like told you from the get go, hey, this guy's always late. Like right. we have to schedule for him to be late. Like right. we know he's gonna probably be late. So yeah. we have to schedule for him to be on time but actually make him late. Right. So And then um, I would at the time I was I was like, Well is this guy do do does it have to be like this? Can we get somebody else? But then I saw his work and I was like, Okay, yeah. All it right. It's like it's the totally it's the Brady thing. Yeah. Because he would our old drummer would be late to practice an hour late all the time and you get someone would ask oh is it is it worth it you know and mm. i'd just say come to our next show and watch him play yeah. and then you tell me if it's worth it and he's fucking amazing you know so um it's it's that same thing and unfortunately it shouldn't have to be like that but those are the sort of deals you have to make yeah i think but i mean that was if that is pre- that minus a couple personality things that came up um which were pretty minor if those are the worst things that we have to deal with yeah you know i was it, it was it was a pretty good shoot um so I, i've yammered on enough mm-hmm. so uh well i mean i was gonna add in on that like with the set visit with with chase like i mean oh yeah 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 go, go. that was like i mean watching him work i was like holy shit like this kid's really got it you know like, yeah because <clears throat> i think it was one of their it was her death that when I came in for the visit. Right. Yeah, yeah. And literally, like, I was watching the monitor, and I'm like, wow, this kid really does have it. Like, hands down, like, I totally understand why Graham was like, no, I really want him. Because he was just really good. Yeah. Like, and there's just no I, question. I think one of the... During, in the middle of production, or toward, maybe towards the end half, I finally sat down and watched John Dies at the End, because I hadn't seen it yet. And uh, Chase is the pretty much the lead in that. And... uh Fobby's in it too, which I didn't realize until I watched it. But watching that movie again made me go, "Oh yeah, this guy's legit." Mm-hmm. And he's from Texas. He's from Fort Worth. Yep. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's that, that's what I was me- talking about when you put up that thing on Movie Monster. I was like, "There's a lot of Texas in this movie." Yeah. Because uh, Graham is from Graham Lyle Chase. Um, but yeah, he's he's the real deal. He just needs to get a better alarm clock, I think. Yeah. Yeah, or a manager that lives with him. For sure. Like, yeah. like the manager slash personal trainer. Maybe that. Maybe that's something you should look into. Maybe you just, like, so he's not late, you just slap him in the forehead. You yeah. Know, like, get up. Yeah. Like, get up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Come on, let's go make the art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw him out of the, do- the front door like Jazzy Jeff. Yep. 
let's let's find out about your experience chris tell us (sighs) okay where do i start um well i mean i flew in it was on a tuesday and when i landed we immediately i mean i got there jumped in a truck then met with the director and then immediately went straight to the sets to check everything out and start having a meeting which wasn't bad by any means i don't think um maybe it's just because i had already thought i had everything ready to go so it was just like "Well, well i'm all good no big deal um of course we get to the meeting and it was just really interesting to see because a lot of people were you could see it in their eyes it was like it goes back to ptsd it was like you could just see them go oh god we're stepping back into this you know because the first shoot first shoot by no means i mean it was a beast like it was just something that was not planned correctly and even the director knows that like everybody knew that like it just wasn't planned correctly because whoever did plan it was thinking that children could work in california for you know a full 12 hours or full eight hours and that's just a blatant lie like they they can't do that i mean literally there were days that were like scheduled to have every scene had the kids in it and it's like there's no way like you can't do that um which you know mel and i have talked god what was that like the third podcast about that i think it was right after i'd gotten back from the first shoot oh yeah 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 we talked about you know child labor laws and all that stuff in california and how it's just like it's the real thing like you just have to you have to pay attention to it and you can't go over it i mean there is no like it's not like with an adult where you can go over and pay overtime that doesn't work like if you go over you get in trouble like you get fined immediately so anyway um we were sitting there and you know there was one guy in particular that i remember looking over at and we were all just talking and talking about effects and all this other stuff and we i looked over at him and he just kind of got quiet and just wouldn't really talk like was very short with everybody and after that one of the producers asked him what's wrong and he was like i'll tell you later and um when they got back in the car he was like i I was just having literally ptsd like flashbacks of everything that went wrong on the first shoot so you know and for me that didn't happen not until we actually started shooting i don't think i really realized it but before shooting we changed the schedule three times yeah within the within the four days i was there we literally changed the schedule three times and i was like having to email everybody hey sorry we still don't have a locked schedule which you know and i've i expressed this to the director expressed this to the producer as well i was like look i've never worked on a movie other than this one where the week out from shooting we had a lock schedule like hell a month you know there's a lock schedule you know what we're doing and instead it was like the night before literally the night before we started day one i was changing the schedule and it's just like i mean i get it like sometimes emergencies whatever somebody gets hurt on another set or somebody gets like deathly ill it happens you have to work around that kind of thing but just to change it just because 
I don't understand that. And it blew my mind. It blew the director of photography's mind. Like we all were just like, okay, so we're really not ready. Like, and it, that's when it really hit me like, Oh God, what, what's about to happen. And you and I talked about this, but, um, basically the way I had to work it was so because of the kids, we had to shoot any, any shot that had the kids in it first even if it didn't finish out the scene, we had to shoot all those out, go to the next scene, go to the next scene, go to the next scene. And then once we got the kids done, we literally had to flip all the way back to the top again and shoot everything else that didn't have the kids. All I can see is just continuity errors. Oh, <laughs> oh, all no. I can see. Oh. Yeah, and for those, I mean, you can't, You, I wish I had snapped a picture because if you had seen Brittany's face, and I don't know if she knew she was doing it, but the look on your face yeah. pretty much typifies. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pure disgust. I mean, I, I remember telling, calling Mel, and being like, "Hey, so this is what we're doing." And he was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, hey, "That's my exact statement, but it's that's what we have to do." And you know, originally the schedule was it was um, budgeted out to be twelve days, which was what should have happened. But, you know, and I get it, budgetary reasons, I understand there are things that are beyond our control that, you know, there are reasons that we have to say, okay, we can't afford that or whatever, you know. So we we took four days off the schedule and literally, like, bunched it all in. And I was, at first I was okay with it because, excuse me, I was thinking in my head that, okay, well, some of these scenes are only like two eighths pages. It's not a big deal. Like that, that should be a minimum of three shots, you know, or a maximum of three shots, you know, I mean, there were some scenes that Mel was reading and he was like, you could do that in one, like you don't even need, you know, same thing with the director of photography. Like you could do that in one shot. We don't even need to do coverage. Well, the director so on a two-eighths page, there were a couple of scenes or two-eighths page that had a little bit of action. Don't get me wrong. Maybe build up a little bit of suspense. So I understood a couple more shots. But when you start stepping into 10 to 15 shots for a two-eighths page scene, I don't know how that builds suspense maybe i'm crazy um i don't know i don't know how that works i mean that's just my opinion i mean absolutely he's the director he makes the call we did it whatever but between me and the director of photography we both were just like this isn't suspenseful this is just a bunch of extra shots which i was actually thinking about that this morning and i was thinking like okay there was a comedian and i remember we were me and my wife were driving and we were listening and the comedian was talking about why women are always the editors and it's like because men just shoot a bunch of shit and then the women have to go in and fix it and i was like this is a perfect example of why that makes sense like because i laughed about it when i heard the joke but i was like well i edit all my stuff like i don't and i don't feel like i shoot a whole shoot more than what's needed but this is like a perfect example of shooting way too much and half that crap's not even going to get used you know and i say crap but I, I mean it's pretty shots they make sense but pick one and stick to it don't don't go oh well i'm going to get all this coverage in steady cam and then i'm going to turn around and put it on a dana dolly and get the same amount of coverage it's like it doesn't make any sense cuz that 
the end of the day, you're going to have to make a decision. Either you're going to use the Steadicam shot that's really nice, or you can use the Dana Dolly shot that's really nice, or you're going to use the, you know, there was just a mass amount of shots that sometimes me and the director of photography were like, I, we've already shot, why are we getting more coverage of this? I don't understand. Or it's like we would get a close-up, and we would tell him, hey, look, you know, you've got the close-up, you know, it's right here. If you want an XCU, just punch in. You're in 6K, for Christ's sake. Like, if you're in a wide and you're saying punch in, that's wrong. But, like, if you're in a close-up and you're in 6K, like, you could punch in and not lose anything. You know, it would still look just as good as everything else. But, nope, he, uh-uh, we have to shoot it. There is no question. And, um... It well, just, oh, go ahead. I have two things yeah, yeah. on this. Well, first of all, um, and I just lost all of it. No. Well, I was going to ask at the very beginning of all this if you thought that it was an experience thing. Well, first of all, has the director edited before? Like, has he edited other things? No. It just makes me wonder if some people, if they had some experience before they went in to shoot something, that right. maybe they have that mindset, right? Because you've edited a lot. Yeah. And so you know you're not going to use nine shots in a 30 second scene you right. know you're only going to use one or two right and so i just wonder if that would help almost like have take an editing course as a director maybe you don't shoot as many yeah, yeah absolutely because it's not the first time this has come up yeah we've talked about this more than once with another director that we both worked with you know, a few others that, yeah, probably that have never one edited, other one that i'm thinking about that yeah. have never edited it before in their life and it's like if you're going to be a director, I mean, you kind of need to be, I don't want to say you need to be exactly like James Cameron because that man just knows how to do everything. But, like, you need to be multifaceted. You can't you can't just say, oh, I'm a director, but I've never edited. I've never stood behind a camera and actually rolled the camera. I've never lit something. Like, you, you have to know the basics, and you need to know them very well. Like, you can't just... Yeah, well, you it's know, like even if you haven't done it, done it, done it, like you could be like Robert Rodriguez, who has done everything, or James Cameron, who has done everything. Yeah. There are people like Steven Spielberg, who probably did do everything in film school and maybe on the first two movies or whatever, but he has such vision of what those things need to be, what the pieces are. Exactly. That. And you know he probably does shoot a lot of stuff, but that's because they can. Because they have he's, the time. He's yeah. the biggest filmmaker in the world. Exactly. You know what I mean? But I, I do think there still is an economy of you know I know people yeah. that work with him and they're like yeah he doesn't really overshoot you know like they do there's air in what they do because yeah. they have the time and money to do it but right. um, you know he knows exactly what he wants that's why he's a you know he's the filmmaker he is exactly he knows exactly what he wants and what he needs and how he's going to use those things to get what he wants out of you right you know if anybody's a master of that it's him oh but, absolutely yeah uh, but yeah definitely i think there needs to be some some knowledge at least of what's i mean it's kind of like being in a band like i don't know i don't play drums but i know what how to sort of communicate what they need to do or what i'm thinking to the riff that i'm writing right so that you know i'm not giving all this excess information or like not overstepping you know so everything works together um so i think it's kind of like the same the same thing like you need to sort of have an idea of what the other things are going to do yeah you know what's the guy what melody is the guy going to sing over this you know what's the is the bass player going to play the roots or whatever um 
yeah, I think I think you do kind of need to be, have at least have an awareness and not be so tunnel visioned about mm-hmm. shoot everything in my vision. Well, and, well, and I mean, because it's just like you said, Steven Spielberg, he has the time to do that, you know, mm-hmm. because on studio films, it's like they shoot a page a day. Yeah, like they literally shoot just a page. Like it's not like an independent film where it's like, like on sequence break, you shot nine pages in a day, like. Mm-hmm that's ludicrous on a studio like they wouldn't even know what to do but it still really sucks to shoot that because on my hbo set they still did it i mean i think i mentioned they had at one point three re cameras shooting at the same time Mm -hmm. i don't know how they weren't in each other's shots but they usually had one you know on a dolly they had one as a steady cam and then they had one just somewhere else and then there was one shot it was at night and it was the last shot of the day and it was the same thing but they only had one camera shooting but then they shot it 20 times and we were just kind of standing there like this is one sentence I get that it's probably like the closeout of the episode so like you said suspenseful yeah um but I don't know if they just had to shoot it more because they only had one camera so like no matter what they need to have a log of like 20 takes from one scene but it's still Sucks. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and some of it too, like going back to the suspenseful side of things, it's like speaking of Spielberg. I mean, it's like look at Jaws. Well, I mean, that's the example of don't shoot more than you. Well, exactly. Or you know what you're shooting is driven by the other shit that's fucking up. Exactly. You know, which, or, or the I mean, other things you're dealing with. Right. Which I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the effects guy is amazing, and the the creature looks awesome, and it's it's freaking great. But the same time the suspense of it it's almost like you should treat it like jaws where you don't see this thing that much and it's like this suspense of oh man where is this thing like what is it doing that kind of thing instead of i mean it's like whoa i mean there were times that we literally were getting a wide a medium and a close-up on the creature on the creature and it's like do we really need all that like I don't think the audience needs to see all that. I think was it was, was it delivering lines like right. a monologue? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like I I don't I don't understand why some of those shots happen. I mean, like I said, he has the vision. Whatever. If that's if that's what if he thinks that's what's go- it's going to take, then fine, we'll do it. Um, which we did, but. I don't get it. The director of photography didn't get it. A lot of people didn't understand why there were yeah. so many shots. Well, I think, you know, one another thing that needs to be considered is the context of what the movie is. I mean, right. the movie you're doing is much larger in budget than the movie Graham did, but right. it's still a low-budget film. Exactly. And so that kind of defines what you can and can't do in a lot of ways. Right. Because no matter how many shots you want to get, you still have to get them in 12 days or whatever. So you need to fig- you need to kind of work backwards. Exactly. Or you're going to spend a lot more money later, which is what is happening, what right. has been happening right. now. Um, so that you have to sort of realize what your context is, unless you have a bunch of people, unless you have one of those situations where you're making it work for you and you can do what you want. Right. A bunch of people working for free. It's just you and two other people like Garth Edwards <laughs> on Monsters or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Uh, or um, you know Robert Rodriguez. Right. You know where it's like they still did exactly what they wanted to do, but there are other caveats. Yeah, it yeah, took yeah. six months to make the movie on weekends. Or, exactly. But if you're if you're hiring people and you have a crew for two weeks, 
and you have X amount of hours to do it per day, 12 hours. Yeah. You know, and you have union people and you have kids and you have effects. Yeah. Like there are so many other things limiting you that, that, and you can't be, you can't be a crazy artist and just be like, well, I'm not going to let that limit me. I'm going to make my art because that's not the reality. No, it's not. You know, see if that works when these people are trying to get their overtime or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to kind of make it fit within what you're trying to do. The effects look awesome, but some of it I feel like you could tone back and get a better effect if you tone it back instead of like showing everything like just basically busting your load before you actually get to the point you know um which i think you know i don't want to say that's what's happening but i I feel like with the amount of shots we got that might happen like just because there's just too much it's it's too much it's an overload when you're trying to freaking you're trying to build the suspense you you don't want the big thing to happen before you actually get to the big thing yeah it's like Um, well it's the anti-jaws exactly because of the the reverse happened yeah it's like the shit they got is awesome and works exactly so So you want to shoot the hell out of it yeah Yeah. let's just show that yeah Um, um but again that's well like you're saying like even even that having all those things like did that really fit in the, I don't know because I wasn't there at the beginning, but did that really fit in the construct of the movie as it was initially envisioned? You know what I mean? Like yeah. as much as that stuff cost, right. was did the original budget really bear the brunt of that? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, or was like, were they already sort of in over their heads? And you may not know, even know the answer to this, but know. I'm just saying like yeah, those yeah. are the things you think about yeah, because yeah, exactly. if you, it seems like, like some other productions we've been on yeah. there's a budget but it's kind of a suggestion right you know exactly. what i mean exactly. it doesn't it doesn't exactly mean right. that's what's it's gonna like, happen you know like we can go over yeah. or because because there's another wellspring of money from somewhere or maybe we in other situations maybe we do a kickstarter we know we can always get some yeah fuck you guys that can <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. but, you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's no limit, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like there's no there's no policing of what's exactly. happening. Exactly. Well, and it's so like, you set out to make a low budget movie, and you don't really because, right. or you make that weird mid range, spent yeah. too much money on it, never make it back movie. Exactly. Well, and I mean that's the thing is like the shoot, like they literally like there was no. I mean, I got a day off, and a couple other people got days off, but like there were several people that went into Seventh Day, which you're not even you're not supposed to do that like that's not something you plan and that was planned like from the beginning oh well we're gonna do this on friday well wait a minute that's everybody's day off oh well that's the best time and i think we know we can do a skeleton crew it'll be fine i'm like you're gonna push a lot of people into seventh day oh it's no big deal you know we'll we'll work it out with them we'll pay them a certain amount it's not a big deal Okay. Well, and so so speaking to that as well, they literally. I mean, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go skeleton crew." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'll I'll be there. No big deal." Oh well, you know, I don't I don't know if we're really gonna need you. You can't see my face, but I literally was like, "What? Like, you don't want your first AD there to help push the shoot since you only have half a day?" Oh well, we have eight hours with the cat and the rat. 
have you informed everybody else? Like, does everybody else know that they're going to be there for Just to hours? back up for those of us that haven't been paying attention or the, those that don't know what you just said. Yeah. You had, they only have eight hours with the what? The cat and the rat. These are real animals. Yes, real animals that they're that shooting. They're on the shooting. Also, the hardest and one of them is the hardest animal to shoot. And I'll let you guess which one that is. The, the same one that's sitting on my cables right now. Correct. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. cat. And I've heard things about this this cat in particular. I heard yeah. he's very difficult. Yes. He yes. has certain demands. Yes. <laughs> I mean these these cats can be very difficult and like all get, all, all cats, cats all ge- cats yeah, yeah in general. Yeah. Um, Kincaid, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean literally like that's that's the thing is like so they didn't just have kids they had kids and animals they had everything the the sky was the limit they weren't in water yeah that was the the only thing they were we were not in water yet 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 Yet. (laughs) oh god um anyway but so yeah they didn't want the first ad there which i'm like i don't even understand how that's gonna work like you need someone to push the push the shoot like the director i mean he has too much to worry about you know what i mean he doesn't have time keep going he doesn't have time to worry about like oh well we need to get first shot off what are we doing why aren't we shooting why aren't we doing that like, yeah that's why you hire a first ad so they right that's yeah exactly so which i was all for i was like hey look i'll come out i'll do it no big deal nope we don't need you so I get, t- I'm starting to get texts from the director of photography, and I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, eh, "It's going all right." I was like, oh, "Okay, what's up?" And he was like, "Well, he was like, our call was 11. We didn't get first shot off till one o'clock. Which, duh, you know, you don't have your first AD. Not that I'm saying I'm like the end all be all to first ADs, but any AD would have said that, like." You don't have your first AD on set. You don't have somebody pushing you. So, obviously, you're not going to be that worried. You're going to just lounge around, not rush. Right. Or right. someone be just you know? generally being the project manager of all these different moving parts exactly. and figuring out when they're all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's because kind of... the left hand... Go ahead. The left hand doesn't know what the other is doing. Exactly. Ahead. Yeah, like the, subliminally, too, when they've come off of this set listening to you, like, okay, we have to move, and then you're not there. It's like, oh, well, it's not that serious Chris yeah. isn't here yeah. we don't have our it's a half day yeah, it's, it's just a cat and just, a rat yeah we can just mess I hear around. the cat is difficult but that's okay and that they didn't rap till I think it was like six or seven wasn't it yeah whenever I left because I went to go have a beer with the director of photography after that yes yeah, I feel like it was even it later was, than that yeah I think I left because like, I remember eating late that night because yeah. I ate after you left that's right I think it was seven Thirty when I left, but they had wrapped at like six fifteen. Yeah, which still went. And over. it was only when the cat was like, "I'm done, no <laughs> more." Think, no, they went over their eight hours. They yeah, well yeah, they, I'm making a I'm making a you know I anthropomorphic you. cat. I got joke. you, got you, got you. Sorry, the cat went to his trailer, locked so, the door. Fuck off, I'm done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it was just it's stuff like that that I'm like you really don't think you need your first there like that doesn't make any sense i can understand not needing the second like i get that like yeah and that's well, and my whole even, first shoot they you guys didn't even have one well we had we had a guy that they oh, called that's right. second he, yeah but really all he did was he helped out with the call sheets which don't get me wrong chris did a, the other chris did a great job handling that for me and i really appreciated it but was he a second ad no 
and I mean he even would tell you that like he's like I'm new to this like I really don't know what I'm doing like you know you'll have to show me the ropes which wasn't a big deal I didn't mind doing it which I, you know I knew you could handle I there's no question you know you first anyway I, there's no question I knew you could handle anything that I passed past tense I first did <coughs> right I just no knew more. I knew you could handle anything that I was like hey Mel do you mind taking care of this like I knew that wasn't gonna be a problem but like I totally understood why if they would like they were like well we don't really need a second I'm like no I get that like Mel should have the day off anyway like there's no reason to have a mirror but to not have at least your first come on like I get it budgetary reasons whatever but at the same time look at what you did now because you didn't bring me on no like, first ad should be a part of skeleton crew they should be a part of everything like <laughs> there is no there isn't a time that the first ad should not be on set like he should be he or she should be there at all times they're the first one on set they're the last one to leave like that's you know that if you're a first ad so well, I and it kind of sucks for you on a couple levels too because it didn't sound like it happened this time but it's always like you you're waiting for that call on no. the seventh day like they're gonna call me up here i know it. yeah yeah um, we, I, we were kind of where i was like yeah what well, don't get too comfortable chris yeah. yeah but then too when you come back to the next day yeah. everybody is even more in the hole of you right. know kind of their ptsd because yeah. of how bad the day before went so then that sucks for you to try to get everyone back pumped mm-hmm. to be on time exactly yeah day. which now, we keep just because she just mentioned it again because I, I i get anxious when i which is probably again ptsd uh-huh. but i get anxious when we bring up ptsd yeah. because i'm like don't i hope people don't think we're minimizing this thing that came up not. in discussion of we're, war we're not at all yeah. but it doesn't just affect soldiers you know what i mean and yeah. so um but I, I was like let me i'm out of curiosity let me just look it up and see what the symptoms are mm-hmm. to see if we're not so we're not just being glib yeah. you know we're not just like throwing this term out but okay so let me know if this sounds like what we're going through okay. or anything that we've ever gone through yeah okay Pe- people may experience behavioral behavioral symptoms are agitation <laughs> irritability hostility that just sounds like me every day. Yeah. That was me coming here from yeah. traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Hypervigilance, self-destructive behavior, or social isolation. That should essentially have my picture next to it. <laughs> Psychological, flashback, fear, yep. severe anxiety, or mistrust. Uh-huh. Sound familiar at all? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mood, inability to feel pleasure, guilt, or inability to feel pleasure, guilt or loneliness yep that describes my entire experience there this in la this last time yep. even when there was fun stuff happening exactly um let's see sleep insomnia or nightmares yeah mm-hmm. totally also common emotional detachment or unwanted thoughts i don't know how i feel about that but i think i want to kill somebody yeah so that was the joke because emotionally I know, attached. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like this. Pretty much, totally describes me. So I don't feel bad about well making the self diagnosis anymore. And not only that, it's like how many times did I, did I say I'm going to kill somebody? You know what I mean? How many times did how many times did those words come out of my mouth? What just whenever I was around you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it, it's the reality of it. Like, and it's like Melanie said, what three podcasts back. Yeah. episodes back it is like going to war like mm-hmm. there is no bullshit to that like 
You truthfully are going to a war with a goal in mind. You have a mission. You have to achieve it. And with whatever it takes, I mean, blood, sweat, tears, like the whole nine. Um, it's just, it's brutal. And people don't, I, th- I don't think a lot of people realize just how brutal it is. Oh, really no. Is. Like yesterday. So here's a, here's a confession yeah. for you. Oh, God. Well, because the whole time we were gone, I was like, man, Chris, I can't wait to get home and eat Star Pizza. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we had lunch today. Yeah. I had lunch there yesterday as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> because Melanie's like, let's go to Star Pizza. And I was yeah. like, man, I'm going to go there with Chris tomorrow. But now, nah, I've been gone. I'll have Star Pizza twice. No yeah. big deal. That's not really, I mean, it's minor. But yeah. the thing is, like, when we were leaving, uh, we were also, uh, I think, Melanie took Domingo out for watching the cats, so he met us for lunch, and yeah, so yeah. that's why we met over there. But anyway, while we we're all leaving, we walk out, and you know, there's that area to the left where people sit and wait for the to goes. Um, there was a guy there that was in. I don't know if you ever met him, but he was involved in the early Vargas stuff. We know him from the haunted house. Okay, uh, he's like one of those dudes. But I actually went to school with him too. Anyway. He sees us. Hey, how's it going? He hadn't seen Melanie in a while, you know, because he was part of Sway. Yeah. And uh, he knows Domingo from Scream World. But we started talking. He's like, and he, fresh-faced, you know, just bushy-tailed. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm making a movie this summer, and I want you I want you guys to do cameos in it, you know, because I want to get all the Houston people together to be in this one scene. And it's and my initial reaction like there was a time where I would just get mad and annoyed or whatever yeah, you know because of just everything that's happened but I know I'm too that old gristly like you know seen too much man <laughs> because my only, my only I was just like yeah okay we'll see how it goes yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah young private yeah <laughs> let's go see once you go see some action out in the field yeah we'll see how you feel about yeah, that yeah exactly but um it's it's funny because we got in the car and Melanie's like, "Can you believe that guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, it didn't even phase you. It doesn't even phase me now because I I just it's like we we know too much, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't bother me in the way that it used to. It's I'm more just feel sorry for him. Yeah, I'm like yeah. you're so naive and do not know what you're getting into. Nope, at all, on any level, <laughs> because well, we're telling these stories yeah. that are pretty stressful." And are filled with incompetence and stress and strife and not enough money and not enough time and who knows what's going to happen at the end of the day is this everything going to is this thing even going to get seen and all the stories we're telling are from the production capital of the world exactly you know what I mean yeah. like and th- things are that bad there yeah with people that are connected because everybody we just worked with it's connected has some stroke in the you know in the industry like serious stuff yeah. And so coming back here, then here, like the first time, the first oh, day yeah, we yeah, go yeah. out, yeah. that's the first, I'm like, man, we had a great dinner, you know, Reagan's in a good mood, we're going to go hang out, and like immediately confronted with that, and I'm just like, oh man, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. I, <laughs> well, just understanding what we just came out of. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I want everybody to know like that when we start talking about all these like crazy stories, like I still love my job. Like I still love the fact that I get to work on movies. Like I'm not, not bitching and moaning and just going crazy about shit. Like some of that is going to be involved in any production we work on, and we know that. Like well, that's yeah. just part of the job. And I mean, I love it. Like and I will continue to do it as long as I can. Like as far as first ading, I'll 
do it to a certain point, and then at, I think at a certain age, I'm going to call it quits. Well, it, it just becomes... Just I don't want to freaking keel well, over. The problem the is when it's unnecessarily difficult, because yeah, making yeah. movies is already right. difficult. But, well, like we just talked about at lunch, it it's it's hard. It's already hard. Right. But you don't have to make it harder. Exactly. And the two things that I was just a part of were perfect examples of the two sides of the coin. Yeah. Because Sequence Break was difficult because it's an indie movie we had to shoot in two weeks for very little money with a bunch of effects. Yeah. But it was as easy as it possibly could have been. And under that, you know, under those constraints. And I, I didn't even, like, I was, I actually had the thoughts during the shoot. I'm like, am I not doing my job? Yeah. Because I feel like this is going too well. Well, yeah. You know, even, I mean, there's still the stress of we got to make this, we got to make this there, we right. got to setups or shots or whatever, but every, we made every day. It and worked. even Audrey, yeah. who has worked on everything, like, yeah. from Big Love to, uh, fuck, dude, like, she's been in so much shit. She was like, I can't believe we made every day. Yeah. She's like, I still can't believe that. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's odd. But it got to the point where I was psyching myself out because I thought that it was like a self-driving car. You know, I was like, yeah. it can't be me. No. It, it has to be everybody yeah. else. No. But everybody was on point. And like, like I said, there was so much pre-prep that Graham had already done, that, the, that Brian, the DP, had already done. They went in and kind of pre-lit as much as they possibly could. Right. Understanding that we had very limited time to do what we needed to do. And I know there were a lot of things that sort of fell into place to make that to happen, but that's the that's kind of what that that's sort of like the optimal situation where you plan for the worst and then get like what is close to the best, best yeah. You know, because you did so much planning. But yeah, I want people to realize that yeah, we 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 complained, but I just came off a set where I really don't have much to complain about, right. other than the fucking bullshit that was going on in my own head, right. which was put there because of all a bunch of the bad other, sets. Yeah, so yeah. I, I carried that into this set with me. Exactly. And most of them don't even know it. Like Graham will listen to this and be like, "What the fuck?" He was thinking <laughs> yeah. about this the whole time. Yeah. Because I never, you know, I didn't want to tell him because I didn't want to fuck up his head. Right. You, you wanted know, him to worried stay about his, his right hand yeah. man being unstable. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I want. I want to be clear that that's the alternative. It right. doesn't always have to be difficult, but it doesn't have to be you know grueling. You know, if you have everybody on the same page and you do all your your pre planning, I mean, I feel like placeholders is the same way. Oh yeah, I mean, because everything we did for that was hard in a way, but and just wrangling all those cats, and then when shit started to get really weird, and you know, people's lives started falling apart, that became harder. Yeah, it got even more crazy. But like, we made it work, and it was never. I never got pissed about it. Uh-uh. I mean, maybe a little bit where I'd like, you know, be like, can you believe this bitch? Or, you know what I mean? For a few minutes, just to vent. But it was never something that ruined my life like a lot of the other experiences do. And I sort of like do have nightmares about. And I mean, there were like days when we were shooting placeholders that we literally would get like 10 pages in a day. Oh, yeah. There was a day we did two episodes in a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was great. Like, we all were going crazy. We all were getting tired, but it wasn't like we were getting crazy tired and pissed off. Like, we were getting crazy tired and, like, having fun. Yeah. So, it wasn't bad. Like, we weren't, like, pissed off at everybody. Well, it was, for a time, it was the right group of people. That's totally changed now. Yeah, yeah. And fuck all you guys. Yeah. But, (laughs) well, (laughs) most of you. Yeah. Uh, uh, half of you, yeah. But we love you, like, William. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah, if you're in the cool book, you know. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that's at the time. And but I have to give those people their props for that time oh, absolutely. and place, absolutely. Yeah. Because although things have changed and things got weird with in some cases, 
it's not a situation like we're like uh, sweatshop or whatever where I can look back and be like, oh, things were fucked then. Mm-hmm. We did work together as a unit very well right. and for right. very little money. And the thing is, like, when it does do what it's about to do that I can't say because it hasn't happened <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is and, awesome. And the money starts coming through. Everybody's going to get what they're owed. Oh, absolutely. You know? And what they deserve, even yeah. if they are on the un- in the uncool book. Like, on the shit list. The shit list, whatever you Yeah, that sounds less it. like high school okay, and more sh- like I'm an unstable person. <laughs> okay, shit so list. I like that better. Yeah, the so shit, shit list. list. So yeah. basically, like even those people, because we do the right thing, like they're gonna get paid too. You know what I mean? It's well, not, yeah, because it took all of us to make a that work. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we achieved that with very little birth pains. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. And, and look at what. And that's the dark horse. Like look at what it's doing now. It's gotten further out there, or getting further out there than most of the things that I've done. Exactly. Which and is, probably stands to make us the most money because we don't have to fuck with anybody else. Yep. You know, on it. So that's the alternative. You can strive for that if you just plan plan well enough get the right group of people make sure everybody knows what they're in for right you know and think like you know think make make sure you treat everybody like a human being (laughs) you know and not not like a slave labor yeah not like a petulant child yeah fucking pissed me off yeah so go ahead it sounds like you have more to more to share well i mean i feel like i touched another nerve it just goes back to let it all go this is like primal scream therapy but it just like it goes back to like, if you're a director, I get it. There are times where somebody may not be doing something the right way, you know, or some something's not being done the way you want it done. That doesn't mean you go in there and like treat them like they're beneath you, or they're like a little child that you have to like fucking baby essentially. Yeah, these are all professionals. Like everybody we work with are professionals, and they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, and they don't need to be talked down to or treated like a fucking little child or any shit like that. Like it really pisses me off when that happens because it's like you know what like first off that's just something back in my past that annoys the shit out of me is i hate being talked down to like i'm a child or that i'm like this little fucking kid that doesn't know what to do yeah especially but if you're hired to do a job by I'm a hired, person exactly then, it, then you know have the professional courtesy to speak to me like i'm the person you hired to do that job exactly you know what i mean and i get it like if i don't do it the first time or if somebody doesn't do it the first maybe second time they don't do it right or the imago time he, that will affect stuff. I'm talking. Oh, I got with. you. Okay, I was like, who are we <laughs> yeah. talking about? I'm just anyway. trying to bring up other bad no, feelings yeah, yeah. so we can. He's just, just trying to poke you. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to make yeah. me get mad. Get it, get it all out. But no, like, let it all go. I mean, scream it into the clouds like the Hulk in the shitty Hulk movie. I mean, and like, blow up. Yeah, blow up your dad cloud. Okay, you're just making me laugh now. <laughs> yeah. like, um, but no, like, it just it tweaks a nerve on me that I can't I can't control. And yeah. like I know you heard me yell one time because it was just like several times. It fuck like that because but it's I like you lose could hear my mind. You could hear the stages of well, it's like I could hear both sides of it. I could hear you ask for something. Yeah. Or do some or just be like here's what's happening. Half of the people wouldn't either hear you or listen to you. Yeah. And then the next time it'd be a little more aggro and then a little more and then a little more until you just fucking lost it. And that, that's why, like, on the day off, remember, we were joking about, like, there being, we were, like, every day I felt like we were one step away from a bar fight breaking out. Yeah, yeah. And, like, sh- people just throwing chairs and stuff. 
Yeah, I told Chris that I'd just be in the background hiding, like playing the piano, like the guy, like ducking with bottles get thrown. Um, and in some productions, that may be like something that has to happen. Well, like, yeah, right. that's and then that, that's what I, I was like. Why Man. is this so? I don't. I just you know, and I'm and again, yeah. like I'm like it doesn't have to be this no, way. No, like it 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 doesn't like, because it's like I, w- I would walk in and feel uneasy immediately yeah because everybody's already on edge we're yeah. all like okay so who's gonna get fucking yelled at now yeah who's gonna get treated like their fucking child who's gonna have to deal with some stupid bullshit that should have already been fucking taken care of that wasn't taken care of during pre-production when it should have been yeah. you know it, i mean it's shit like that i mean there were times that we literally would waste an hour talking about something that should have already been discussed during pre-production and like should have and really should have been thought out more and that was the thing that like it ate me alive it ate Marcus alive because like literally we'd be standing there and it's like well we can't we can't light till they know what the fuck they're gonna do so it would kill us you know yeah and there's nothing we can do like I can't make I mean I I made an offhanded com offhand comment to the director which pissed him off which may or may not have been my goal in the reality of things but like i basically was just like you know we don't have any more time to talk this shit out like we need to shoot and he's like well we've only been talking we've been talking for five minutes it's like no motherfucker you've been talking for 30 like you haven't done anything like we need to move so it's just shit like that that just drives me insane and it's like you know if you want to and I always go in with this mindset and it's like everybody else I mean the director of photography told me flat out before we even started shooting he was like if we fall behind understand that the crew myself and everyone anyone else knows it's not your fault and they know that you had nothing to do with it that you tried your best to get what we needed to be able to get the job done i mean yeah that felt great like sure okay awesome thank you for telling me that like so i don't beat the shit out of myself when i go home when we don't make our day but like well but it also needs to be the opposite during pre-production like it needs to be discussed that okay but when we are falling behind it is my job to do this so exactly you know we need to plan out like when who are we going to listen to at what point exactly if we're going to make the day i mean exactly but that that's the other thing too and i mean you know i sit here and talk about said someone that treated people like shit but in the reality of things like i look back at the first shoot and just how much like people people fucked said person over they they didn't do their job either a they didn't do their job b they were not trustworthy they said to trust me and then they'd fuck him over that kind of thing like when i look at back at that i'm like i understand where it all comes from but at the same time it's like you have to trust the people that you hire on after those people like you have to have the trust to say you know what i'm bringing other people on or just don't bring other people on and do it yourself yeah if you truthfully well, feel maybe that way he, i mean he could have his own ptsd yeah and from i mean that I you totally, know it manifests in different ways i kind of get that and i mean i understand so it's like as much as i bitch i'm like well i see his i see his side of things i understand why he's like that to an extent but once you get a crew on that's working that's doing their jobs that's you can trust i mean truthfully i proved it like once I got brought on and I fixed the schedule on the first shoot, we made our days. Like, 
yeah. not only did we make our days like we would get the shots that he wanted and then coming on to this shoot the first four days we made all we made our days like there was no question we made every day no problem wrapped early the whole well not early but on time you know that whole thing and well no the first two days we did wrap early we wrapped at 10 10 30 was really the latest we could go so <clears throat> but the reality of things with that being said is like but we all knew on that fifth day like we all called it i remember i even told you me the director of photography the one of the producers we were all like this is hell day one like Mm -hmm. This is way too much to do in one day. There is no way we're going to get everything. And we said it, and we said it, and we said it, and we said it, and it just fell on deaf ears. Continued to fall on deaf ears. Like, we were sitting there the night before first day, for day one, saying that and being like, we need more time. We need another day. We need at least two more days. Like, you have to give us this if you want all these shots and you want everything done. And I remember saying, look, <clears throat> because one of the producers kept wanting to add more onto the, onto the shoot and was freaking everybody out. Like, literally had, like, art department going, w wait a minute, we only talked about doing three sets. Why are we talking about doing another one? And, like, had the producer, one of the other producers who was also building sets going, where the fuck am I supposed to put this? Like, I don't understand. Why are we adding this? Like, why can we not shoot this at a later date? We already have too much to shoot as it is. And I remember telling them all, I'm like, look, if you want to get all this stuff, you have to add the extra days. You cannot continue to compact into such a small schedule without, and with all these shots, something has to give or we're just going to break. And it's like, I was like, either one way or the other, like, loosen, get rid of some of these shots, take the shot list down, or get rid of some of these scenes because we're just not there's no way this is going to work and when i say break i mean like literally like the whole fucking thing could have gone to shit in a heartbeat like everybody could have walked if we truthfully were trying to do all that stuff and i knew it and so did the director of photography so did one of the other producers that was on our side about it all and but like i said it just continued to fall on deaf ears and would just we'd bring it up and it was just like we'd just get nothing but silence and stares and it's like, okay, well, we said it. You guys, I hope, understand what we've said and that when we don't make our days, I don't have to say this, but the reality is, told you so. Like, we told you, haha, it's in your face now. Like, and I hate saying that, but it's the truth. Like, what more can we do? You know what I mean? I mean, I can't force someone's hand. You know, it's the old saying, you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah. You know, if you're not willing to listen, you're not willing to trust to trust the two people that should be your left and right hand man, then why do you even have us there? Right. You know That's I mean? my biggest frustration, I feel like, is as a director, you know that you're hiring these people to tell you these things so when you're not listening to them it's like why do you even have them here did you right. just do that because you went down a list and said oh these are the crew members that right. Right. you check off i mean exactly so you want to trust the person who you hire in that position but then listen to them right i mean they're there yeah. for a reason yeah i think well th this example and a few of the others we've worked on they're not looking for informed input that might lead to 
a collaborative decision on the best possible way to do things. They're just looking for yes men. Yeah. Or yes women. Yes they people. Just, they just want their hands, people to have their hands tied behind their backs and say, yes, sure, we can do it. Yeah. They don't want to just hear Just to no. reaffirm what they already want to hear. Right. Um, and the, fun, the, the funny thing, well, I'm going to, we'll, we'll start moving towards something else that doesn't involve bitching. Okay. Um, b- before we close out, but the most irrational thing, or it's seemingly irrational thing out of all this, uh-huh. is that what has this made us constantly say over the last couple weeks? We're doing our own thing. We have to do our own movie. Yeah, I, like <laughs> so now we. I, I'm just I'm 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 to the point where I'm past dealing with anybody right now. I mean that's just right now. Like, yeah. I'm not saying I won't work on another movie. I'm just saying that like right now. I mean, literally, like I told you, and I think I told you too, was like, it's like I just got home from Vietnam. Like, literally, when I got home. Again, Tuesday, we're not trying to minimize that no, experience. No, not at all. Is- but I'm just saying, like, I was wrecked. Like, I was completely destroyed. Like, got home, laid down, passed the fuck out, didn't get up till like nine or ten o'clock at night. And when I and mind you, that last night was crazy as hell. Because yeah. everything that went down, like it was just nuts, and didn't sleep. Got on the plane, slept kind of. I mean, I was in and out, in and out, in and out, and then when but I but without home, in and out, without yeah, without the actual <laughs> the in worst and out. part, yeah, the worst part. But um, the food, I mean, that's not a child no, yeah, like yeah. a euphemism for sex. <laughs> just in case, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, you know, I got home fucking. Barely, I barely wanted to talk to anybody, even yeah. my wife. Like, which sucks because I love her to death. I, I like talking to her, you know, but I just didn't want to talk. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want to do a fucking thing. Like, yeah. I was like, everyone leave me alone. Like, I and I literally had people texting, "Hey, you're back. You want to hang?" No, that's I why don't you want to do a see, fucking. You got to do the Brady time for your arrive your travel time too yeah you tell people you're coming home two days after you actually are and leaving because the same and they're like hey when or you you tell them you don't have off days when you're there because then they want to hang out because when you're there you don't want to hang out right the only time i hung out with people was before we started shooting right because i knew that once we started and we still had those two off days there would be no Mm. no time to do it well but go ahead well and it's like i mean uh and that's the thing. I think a lot of people that are listening probably should know is that when you're first AD, you don't really have time to like be quiet. Like you're talking the entire time you're on set. Like there is because you're the middleman. You are the one that gets asked questions. You have to answer them. You also have to announce everything that's going on. I mean, there is no like. There's no time for me to like go sit and like just sit there and be quiet. Yeah. Because even at lunch, like even at lunch, people are fucking asking me questions. Like, what about this? What about this? Like, I'm on lunch. Like, can I just enjoy my meal? No, of course not. You know, yeah. which is fine. I mean, it's part of the job. But like, the reality of it is, once I get home, I don't want to talk. Like, I want to sit there, watch something, vet, like tune out completely veg out and just pass out at some point you know because i just i've talked all day you know and i'm sure you had the same thing oh yeah yeah you my just, brain was was you, fried your brain's fried because you have a million people asking you a million questions some of those questions don't even relate to you like you shouldn't even be talking about some of the stuff i mean that and that shows some experience on the set like 
people were coming and asking me questions. I'm like, that is has nothing to do with me, nor am I going to answer that because I'm not going to give you false information. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, because it was about pay. It was about like, what about OT? And I'm like, dude, I not my deal. Like, I have no idea. I'm not a producer. I'm not the line producer. Go ask one of them. Like, go ask the production coordinator. Somebody who can answer that question correctly. Not me. Because yeah. I, I know the answer, but that's not my job, you know? Yeah. It's just like what we were talking about with, the, like, shutting down that last day. And it was like, everybody's like, well, who's going to do it? And I'm like... And they all looked at me, and I'm like, that's not my job. Like, it's not my job to go tell someone when they have to be done. Like, that's not me like you need that's a producer thing like that's a money thing that's the reason why we were shutting down was because of a money thing like it really had nothing to do with me but yet all the producers were like afraid to go talk to this person and tell them that which I'm like why are y'all like this guy's not gonna fucking turn into a cobra and bite your head off you know what I mean like go tell him so that way he doesn't get smacked in the face at 115 that oh well we have to be done like you need to give him heads up I mean at least be nice enough to do that but whatever it is well and then information like that sometimes is a lot easier when the producer or someone higher up gives it because if someone like you walked in it's like well let me talk to the next person and then they're going to end up having to talk to them anyway right right so because it's really not my job but who ended up doing it me right of course that's the that is our lot in life Chris we end up shoveling the shit that no one else wants to shovel. Um, and in doing that, th- that's the thing. It's like if I'm going to end up doing that and going broke and being miserable and spending my own money basically because I, what they're paying me is just enough to just yeah. sort of stay on top of my bills, why not just make my own shit exactly. and suffer for something that I'm super into, you yep. know, with the exception of sequence break. I was going to say. I'm like, going to say that's because of – and it's – it's because of the team and it's because of Graham. Well, and no lie, know? like, if Graham ever needed anything, yeah, like, I'm I, down. Like, and there, there are a few other people in that in that group that I would, not in just the sequence break group, break group but the gr- a group that I sort of hold that reservation for. Like, if they ask me, I'll do it Yeah. for that price. But only them. But only them. And it's because of other stuff. Or it's because I know they, like I said, I stepped onto the set and Graham knew exactly what, I, what he wanted. There was never a moment where we were twisting in the wind trying to figure out right. what the shots were going to be or what the setup was or if something changed, what we were going to do next. Right. Or if someone was late, what we were going to do next. He had it all planned out. Right. And so like that's... And I know a few other people that would be like that. So that stuff set aside, you know, everything else is like the exact opposite. Yeah. And that's the stuff that makes me go, finally, I've got all this stuff that we could shoot plus place more placeholders plus you know a couple other things like why not just why not just do that yeah you know spend my time doing that and fortunately i can kind of ease back into it with what i'm doing for jeff i could say jeff i guess that's not a secret but um what i'm doing is i guess a secret until he talks about it but um i can kind of ease into it with something like that and then just get back into the groove the groove because it's that's one thing that frustrates me the most about all this you know it's that it seems in a lot of ways people are just wasting the opportunities that they're given i'll say it's been what two years now since you've directed something 
If we count placeholder stuff, yeah, yeah. It's been two years. Something like that, yeah. Which I think it's only been a year for me. Yeah, yeah. It's been a year for me. Yeah. But, I mean, still, that's like a year away from... That's a year, that's two years for you away from the craft that we actually want to do. Right. You know? and, and that's the thing. Well, is, and, and on any one of these sets, I could have my final heart attack. So, who knows? The clock's ticking. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, but... That's and that's one of the that that it as much as I say oh my god like roll my eyes like that's hard honest truth. I could fucking keel over, you know what I mean? For the fact just because of the stress. I mean, it's, it all goes back to that statement that all ads have a shelf life, and that's the truth. I mean, there's only a certain amount of, of um, longevity that that we, we can go as ads. I mean, because eventually your body's just going to give out. I know mine's starting to. I mean fuck those last couple of days my back was just i was in pain like yeah. bad pain but i was just fighting through it i mean it got to the point where i would lay down and when i'd lay down like there'd be shooting pains going from my heel up my leg just because of how much like just time i was on my feet yeah <clears throat> which isn't it, it's nobody's fault but my own you know well, the way i was born too but like whatever for those of you listening chris has weird feet extremely flat feet like not well you have an extra but it's not I, just I, that i have an extra bone you have an extra bone feet. in your feet yeah like description does not do it justice yeah it's true like it hurts me to look at you walking barefoot <laughs> let's put it this way i literally walk on my ankles like, yeah you that's, do that's how bad it is yeah um um but yeah it's uh well i would it wasn't so much physical at least that i noticed this time for whatever reason but I would wake up just like like shoot awake like Nightmare on Elm Street wake yep. up like <gasps> in the yeah, middle of the yeah, night yeah, yeah. like repeatedly yeah and I, and I and I'd be like what what the hell's going on right. you know and then covered in sweat you know my my neck and back hurting you know so I guess there was some physical stuff but it, just weird like yeah. what's happening am I dying kind of stuff so uh, yeah I if I'm gonna go through shit like that it's gonna be for my own oh. stuff. Well, and, you know things that I believe in. So, well, it was like Saturday too. Like Saturday, I that Saturday was no, it was Friday. It was day off, but I was dead asleep. Like had passed out. I shot awake because the sun hit my face, and it freaked me out. Like I literally felt I could feel it, and I just jumped up like, "What the fuck? I'm late," you know. And it wasn't that at all. It was just literally, I mean, I had the day off. It wasn't really like that at all. But my mind was just so used to it that I was literally freaking the, myself out. You know, kind of like what you were saying. Like, yeah. Just having that much stress on you and it not being for your own art or your own craft or whatever you're passionate about just isn't, it, it doesn't feel like to me it's worth it or is it healthy. Yeah, because I, I started thinking in terms of like I said the ticking clock like how every every movie I do like this is probably minus one movie of mine right you know right. at the end exactly because that's if nothing else even if it doesn't even if it isn't what puts me in the ground quote unquote yeah it's eating up time that I would have spent on making something of mine exactly you know exactly and for that to, to make that okay in my head it's got to be worth it yep. and like worth it in a very real way like 
uh, a rewarding experience where I almost feel like I'm a part of it, like, like sequence break. break. Uh, I'm sorry I'm sucking your dick so much, Graham. I just I had I, you don't understand that how much I needed this kind of film experience, sort of. But anyway, sorry, some, but not sorry. Graham. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's gonna crack up when he hears this. Um, something like that, where I feel I'm a part of it and meet a lot of good people yeah. that I can maybe pull along right. on the next thing. Or I, I definitely love to work with Claire. She seemed like she knew what she. Oh was yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. They're all. They're I all. Mean, they all seemed like they were pros and knew what they were doing. Yeah, and it like, took. That's the thing. It's like I know they were good because I walked into it skeptical. You know, like with my, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my arms crossed and yeah, my furrowed brow, yeah, yeah. like, mm, how's this gonna be? Yeah. You know, um, but I initially signed on just because of Graham. <laughs> but it turned out that everybody was awesome. So anyway, it's got to be something like that or something that really affects the bottom line yeah like uh you know that pays the bills for a while that helps me you know do things for my family you know right keeps the roof over our head whatever because that's the reality of it right and most of the stuff we've been doing hasn't really i mean the stuff that i haven't enjoyed definitely hasn't made up for it in other ways minus the one movie that yeah. really changed the bottom line yeah um but other than that it's it's always been uh, this sucks and i'm broke exactly you know yep so it's it's got it can be like maybe this sucks kind of to an to an extent within with, within reason yeah but it's paying bills yeah um or this is awesome and it's for a good person and yeah for a good and house. i can pay i can at least pay, pay my, my rent bills. you yeah. know like I'm not saying I'm gonna work for free, you fuck. So don't ask me to. Yeah, man. Yeah. If I, yeah, I mean, the there's, there's no free, way the, the four well, free thing is out the window. Like, yeah, that's never happening. Yeah, again. and there's one. There's the one caveat that's coming up, but that's not really for free. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. know what we're getting out of right, that. Right. Right. So um, anyway, we'll let Brittany in on all this stuff off the air. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's all good stuff, I promise. Yeah. Actually, have you sh- have you shown her the images yet? Not yet. No, no, no. Okay, well, make sure to. you do that. Okay. I was waiting till. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, uh, oh, great. Sammy's gonna cough up a hairball. Great. Thanks for really putting a period on this discussion, Cat. Damn it, Sammy. This exemplifies my life. I, I'm gonna record him. I love how we're watching it. Like. Because it do like is he dying? Yeah. What's yeah. happening? Maybe he maybe it's like an Elliot and ET thing. He feels our pain. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So maybe. he gets like turned white and yeah, get yeah. all chalky. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's still doing it. There are, there, and I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't even cover. Oh yeah. The film, well, one thing I want like, we'll bring it up later, but I wanted to. There's like the stuff with the kid and yeah, this, yeah, that that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some stuff that I'm like, really. Yeah. This is just. It's like. It was it was the universe telling me, this is a bad scene, man. Like, yep. you don't want to do things like this anymore. Nope. No matter how much it looks like it's being laid out or is being paid to you, like sometimes right. it's just the wrong deal. Right. But anyway, well, we'll wrap it up. Well, we'll start to wrap it up for now. Yeah, yeah. Because we've gone on, but we have we definitely have fodder for the future. For sure. For I sure. Mean, there's definitely topics that I want to talk about. Yeah. That revolve around everything that's happened, but right the basics we've covered. I, I feel I okay. Think, I think so. For so now, let's switch gears very quickly. It's been a while since we've done this, it so I'm excited. It has been a while. We're going to go to. I see you pulling up yours over there, oh, Brittany. I'm, you got I'm, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, she's got cards. She's this got <laughs> index cards. I'm telling you. I love that that she's so prepared for this. Yeah. You know that that makes me happy. Like I'm glad that it's. 
it's it's turned into a cool thing um okay so here we are we're going to do another installment of green litter bullshit so i think you've been we've both been talking so much i think we should it's only fair that we let Brittany go first absolutely i completely agree so let's uh (laughs) Let's okay. go ahead and proceed. It was, it was a hard choice, but it looks I'm, like you got I'm a lot of good save. ones. Okay. I know, I know. Save some. She's been <laughs> on it. Okay. All right. The time. The time has passed. She's had enough time to oh, like yeah. write yeah. down. <laughs> okay. So this one starts off. Aggressive grizzly bears lose their fear of man from eating salmon altered by global climate change and attack an Alaskan cruise ship as they pass too close to a glacier. That one almost sounds like the prophecy, like the old prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just one bear. Um, well, bears, grizzly bears. Yeah, I know. That's, oh, that uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, gotcha. if bears. that's not like, it's very close. So, because of that, I'm gonna say greenlit, but I don't know what it would be. Man, like it sounds so good, like they could be greenlit, but I'm like. Yeah, that's where Brittany excels at this yeah, too. I think really, like the ones really like I'm like, this. damn, that should be a movie. That's total bullshit. I'm gonna call. Okay, bullshit. so Chris is gonna go bullshit. I'm gonna go greenlit. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, this one was written as bullshit, but I totally have a title for it. It's called Bears on a Boat. <laughs> yeah. Let's make. I think we, now we know what we're gonna make. Yeah, Bears on a Boat. Bears it's on a Boat. Directed by Brittany Miles. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, your turn, Chris. Okay. Well, I have two. But I'm just going to pick the best. I think the best one. <clears throat> it goes. Oh, well, man, they're both so good. Um, okay. He's seen the future. Now he has to kill it. He's going to need bigger guns. Greenlit or bullshit? Brittany, what say you? I can see this being like a Bruce Campbell movie or something. Yeah. So I kind of want to say greenlit because it's like just vague enough that it could happen. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with greenlit. Okay, I'm gonna back you up on this one because I feel like this should be greenlit as well. Okay, but you don't know what it is. No, I have no idea. <clears throat> it's Look funny. At- it's funny. Okay. Just, so it has Rudger Hauer in it. It is of course greenlit. it does. Split second. Which one is that? That's the one that like he goes back in the future and like has to battle big mon like bad eighties monsters pretty much. Oh okay. Mm. Yeah, and like hold on, I can pull up the okay thing for you. So While you do that, well, you know, like there was that other movie he did that was shot here. Oh, it's called Blind Justice, I think. Where he yeah he, he did he was blind, but he had cane kung fu. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he, but it was shot here. Here you go. You vaguely remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. What year was it made? Uh, hold on. 92. Actually, it's not even an 80s film. It's it's wow. like 90s. Huh. But it's I, like... I'm sure I read the review right on in Fangoria or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's mine. Oh, man, he's got to pull up his word document. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> a comatose serial killer with a transparent skull reawakens and begins to stalk a blind woman... With whom he shares a psychic connection. That's deep. 
This sounds like what do you something. think? Green litter bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. This sounds this sounds like something <laughs> too, you totally would have made up. Too close to Mel's mind. Yeah, yeah. Because because you're like is... transparent skull. This has to be fake, right? What <laughs> One, do you think? No, then? it's the psychic link and all that. That's oh, sounds... like you think that that's all I'm about now. I'm just like the psychic guy. You <laughs> no, put me, you're gonna put me in a box. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, what do you think, Brittany? Well, I'm now that you've just gone there. I'm gonna completely <laughs> say that it's green lit. <laughs> okay, so we have one green lit, one bullshit. Yep. Okay, it is green lit. What nice. the fuck? It is Silent Night, Deadly Night Three. Oh my! Better watch out. <laughs> you really starring Bill Mosley as the Santa Claus killer, and the reason that he has a transparent skull is because in two he gets shot in the head, and they have to like do brain surgery on him. So in the meantime, they put this lucite skull thing on yeah. him, so it makes him, I guess, scarier. Uh, but yeah that's why his skull's transparent and then the girl i think it was around the time of friday seven maybe okay so it was like they it was like at a psychic girl Man. you know and uh, maybe around nightmare where well, she's not psychic but she has powers you yeah, know? yeah so i think that's uh yeah silent night deadly night three better watch out now reggie banister was in silent night deadly night four which i almost used but i couldn't think of a good i was like this one has a better tagline yeah. to where it sounds fake yeah i mean that really did like i was like because there's so much. Man, yeah. You got a serial killer, which I left out the Santa part because that would have given it away. But he yeah, dresses yeah. like Santa Claus, too. Yeah, yeah. So imagine a Santa Claus guy with the clear skull. And, would it have given away? Might, maybe to him, it wouldn't yeah, have given Yeah, I, I would have been like that sound, like Silent Night. That's oh, okay. what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Because those are like after. Well, the first one's pretty good, and then it kind of. They really go off the rails. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Up to about four. Then they're pretty. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. All right, well. That was a good green litter bullshit. I'm glad that I put one over on you guys. Yeah, yeah, because normally they're normally the bullshit with. Well, no, the first one was green lit with you, and then the second one right. was bullshit. Well, so you can't be keeping score like that, what? and then it's gonna throw me. And I'm gonna. Well, I, I'm, no, I'm trying to like think of stuff that's good enough to where it doesn't. It, it sounds it. It like you it could be either one, you know? Because yeah. some things I think really like you'll either figure out what movie it is right. pretty quickly cuz let's be real we all watch a bu- we all watch a bunch of crap sometimes <laughs> true. or they just sound so far out right. that they sound made up but then again the more i think about it i'm like well like sky sharks like pitch that to I, me i would think dude, you were fucking with yeah, me you know what i mean yeah. so well well we have pitched something like that with the, with a clown we yeah we should do we should that's another one we should make yeah we should build our own uh universe we really should hitler potamus killer clown shark what was my what was the one i had what was that i don't know check your files i'm I'm working on it (laughs) but in the meantime everyone thank you for listening we've actually been um we get while, while i was in la i got a lot of responses from people that were checking out the older podcasts and um, you know, kind of keeping up with what was going on. So we really appreciate that. Um, we just do it for the love of the game or for, you know, hate of the players involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, honestly, I mean, it, it, I know it does sometimes come off as a lot of bitching, but we just, we want to be real about everything um, and present a sort of unbiased portrait of what it's like to try to do this because I, much less now, I guess, because I run with a lot of. I started to run with more people that are really doing it. But like in the beginning, you know, you just hear people talk about premieres and red carpets and you know financing that never shows up and just sort of like the the glitter 
on top of it all, but don't really talk about the real experiences the or grit. The, the grit. Yeah, the tough, the tough side of things. So, I appreciate that you guys are letting me know that it's striking a chord within you. Even people that aren't really filmmakers are kind of like, man, we love listening to this. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. With that said, I guess let's uh, one more time. I wish I could talk about the placeholders thing. Yeah, but it, yeah, or, it, has, it hasn't quite happened. Or yet. the other thing, like what's what's going on with Jeff? No. Uh, who? What? Imago. Oh, yeah. Well, they'll find out soon enough, I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah, it'll be two or three podcasts away. Imago slash in the blood. Right. Yeah. So, as always, look for us on the web. Brittany, you are located. Uh, Movie Monster on Twitter and Facebook. almost forgot for a second. And I do want to like add something, like a mini shout-out, sort of towards the end. It's a little positive real quickly. Um, but the new movie, Independence Day Resurgence, I don't know what y'all's thoughts on it are. I wasn't really going to go see it because I don't like sequels that are made like that. However, um, Zeb Sanders is actually in it, and he was actually in one of my uh, short like 48-hour film festival oh, okay, movies. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I've seen stuff on his Facebook where he's gone out to California and done little parts here and there, but mm-hmm. um, I still think it's a sort of a small part, but he has a name uh in there so that's kind of cool cool. yeah i was excited because when i looked at the imdb it was like my short and independence day were like on the same screen and i know that has nothing to do with my doing but it was still like that's cool i know what you mean that's awesome um, that's my life like when i'm like haha paranormal activity five paranormal (laughs) activity four psychic experiment (laughs) yeah i I know exactly because it it a uh, rising tide. Exactly. Yeah, so I'll probably post something about him on Movie Monster on Facebook. So y'all can cool. check that. And out. he's local. Or yeah. Was? Well, he was he was born in Louisiana, so that's kind of his mainstay. But he was here for three or four years, I think, and he's in California right now doing uh, movies. So nice. got it. Nice. Speaking of Louisiana, and going back to something we talked about on set you know resident evil 7 is in louisiana yep. too so yep. even video games now i know i know are like doing the louisiana i'm yeah. like you don't even have to yeah what do you guys know about louisiana? yeah exactly <laughs> all right chris where can we um i actually have i've realized that on the pot previous podcast i've actually been kind of screwing up um instagram it's actually c war 54 it's not c war 54 54 oh yeah twitter yeah. Twitter, I believe, is CWAR5454, and then, obviously, on Facebook, it's Christopher Warren. Cool. For the Hannibal Lecter mask. <laughs> I am... Uh, Instagram is Upstart Film, Twitter's Upstart Film, and I think... I'm still going back and forth on this, but it makes a lot of logistical sense. I think I'm going to reactivate my Facebook page. Uh-oh. What? Um, just because... Because of all the things that are happening, and just because putting out the podcast it's just easier yeah, to kind of totally. when i had a bunch of followers and then like we're on sequence break everybody's like connecting on facebook and right. they're all talking to one another and i'm like uh you know i graham's like are you on facebook i'll tag you in the article and i was like no you can tag one of the movies yeah so it just kind of make from a promotional sense it makes makes sense to maybe bring it back and then all the reasons that kind of really lit me up for sort of taking it down when everybody pissed me off about the Kickstarter kind of don't give a fuck about it anymore or they can choke on my semi-success I guess yeah <laughs> uh, it just doesn't bother me as much I guess because I just right. care I mean it's like what I talked about when I saw the guy in Star Pizza it just kind of it's a different we're playing with the big boys and these are kid problems yep you know what I mean so um, it's way to explain it yeah uh, so yeah, I think I might do it because it's just better for all concerned, especially when the placeholder thing pops off and we keep doing podcasts and the other thing 
happens. But it's easier to get the word out. For sure. And I'll have a little bit heightened presence. So, like I said, I'm still going back and forth. I'm about 60-40 on it now um, because I have noticed a difference in my mental state since I took it down. I didn't spend as much time on that site. Um, but we'll see what happens. So maybe look for that. And I think it's... Uh, Mel.house or something. I don't remember what it is, but I'm easy to find. Yeah, because not a lot of people... It's like me. There's like 50 million Christopher Warrens. Yeah. But like with you, it's like Mel House. You yeah. Pop up. And just look for the uh, look for the handsome mulatto <laughs> standing on the red carpet. Yep. With the uh, And then the profile the under that is me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that covers everything. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you rate it and comment. Uh, or if you don't do iTunes, go to SoundCloud. You can download it there. Uh, also, you can comment and like it on SoundCloud. Um, I think that's about it for now. Yep. We will see you guys next time. Adios. Thanks for listening. Brittany's just not going to say anything. She's <laughs> like, fuck you that's guys. That's like the most, <laughs> yeah. most of the podcast. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>